Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Where to start? I want to start with the NBA, and I'll get to the NFL quickly, sooner than later, later on this hour. But I actually want to start with the association. I want to start with what went down last night in Madison Square Garden. Trey Young did it again. He walked into Madison Square Garden, and he ended the Knicks season again. That's back-to-back years where he has wrecked the Knicks in their own crib. Remember, last year it was in the postseason. This year, they don't even make it to the postseason. The Knicks went into last night's game needing it in the worst way. Beat the Hawks, and then your four back of that final playing spot would tend to go. Then maybe, maybe you give themselves some, or you give them something to think about. Maybe even put a little fear into them. Last night was a chance to cut into Atlanta's lead. Last night was a chance to give yourself a chance. But Trey Young was not having any of that. 45 points, 8 assists, 7 threes, and one entire team stuffed into a body bag. Bleeping ice tray, yo. And now the Knicks are 6-pack with 10 to go. Season over. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for coming. Remember how fired up the Knicks fans were at the start of the year? Remember all that? Remember bing bong? Remember them celebrating that first run of the season by screaming that the Knicks are back? The Knicks are bleeping back? Remember them chanting bleep Trey Young inside and outside that building after they beat Boston? Do you remember all that? Yeah, neither do I. And you had to know that this was exactly how this was going to go, Knicks fan. You had to know. Last night's game was the perfect summary of the entire season. A few nice moments early on, some truly idiotic play late, and Trey Young ending it, ending you, and then telling you all about it. Even when the Knicks had a double-digit lead late in that game, you still knew it was going to go this way. Hell, that's how you knew it. You know how you knew it would go this way? Because the Knicks had a double-digit lead in the game. Late. That's how you knew. Of course they were going to implode. Of course the Hawks were going to rip it from them. And of course Trey Young was going to snatch their souls yet again. And despite that double-digit lead, the Knicks didn't just get punked in the final few minutes. It's not like that. They got punked all night long. Like at the end of the first quarter. Got R.J. Barrett, right? He scores with less than a second left in the quarter. Great bucket. The joint was rocking. So, what do the Hawks do? They clown the Knicks and embarrass them in their own building yet again. Under a second. Baseball pass. Young! Unbelievable. That is a heck of a play. How about the recognition by Bogdanovich? And Trey Young with great timing on that. Yeah, how about the lack of recognition by everybody in a Knicks uniform? I mean, that is some middle school bullcrap right there. How do you give up a full court pass and a shot in that situation? How? How do you do that? You can't. But the Knicks did. Of course they did. They're the Knicks. And the Knicks gonna nick. And they just kept right on nicking the rest of the night. How about Clint Capella with his block and finger wag? Here's Toppin. He's turned back. Capella. 
the premier shot blockers in the sport. Just incredible defensive instinct. Hey, you notice how the Hawks really have not been the Hawks this season? Yeah, well, they were last night. There's nothing like a trip to the Garden to get the Hawks back on track. MSG is the ultimate get-right trip for the Hawks. And the only thing worse than getting your guy or your dunk rejected at the rim is having the guy who did it drop a Mount Mutombo finger wag on you. And the only thing worse than that is having it done in your own house once again in front of your own fans. And then there was the final eight minutes of that game. New York up 10 with just over eight minutes to go. A double-digit lead in a game they absolutely had to have. I mean, this is not that hard, right? You're smart. You finish off the game. You get a dub. You get a late dinner. Maybe you make some noise in the final 10 games. Or you do what the Knicks did. You watch the Hawks close them out on a 28-12 run, and you watch Trey Young absolutely destroy you. Because that was always going to happen. And Knicks fan, you knew that that was going to happen. Listen to their reaction when he tied the game. Off to the left, offensive rebound, Hunter. They find it around the horn. This is Young. That's good. They knew. They knew. And more importantly, he knew. Because that's what that guy does, especially to them in their house where good is not good enough. Great isn't even great enough. The guy's got to do something iconic. He's got to leave you with something to always remember. And he did just that with over a minute to go in the game. Here's Young, sizes up Gibson, around him, shoots, and hits. Trey Young taking the Knicks' heart yet again. Uh Uh-oh! To quote the the uh uh-oh was if you're watching on CBS Sports Network and you saw him put his man in the ground. To quote that caller from back in the day, someone call someone, someone, call someone. because Trey Young just put Taj Gibson in the ground. I mean, he put some roller skates on the vet and sent him hard into the hardwood. Yeah, and by the way, don't sleep on the jumper. You can't drop a dude like that and then clank the J. Then you look worse than the guy who's checking to make sure that his ankles are still attached. Except I'm not Trey. Like he was going to miss that shot? Come on. Trey buries it. And then he hits a Spider-Man crouch. Again, listen to the reaction from the Knicks crowd when he drops Gibson. Run this one more time. Trey, tricky dribbles. He drives right past Gibson and hits the jumper. He put Gibson right on his you-know-what. How do you like that, New York? Trey's got 43. Like the reaction wasn't even one of shock or outrage. Even from the MSG faithful, the reaction was one of like, sympathy, empathy, even pity for Gibson. And it was something else. Because that's the thing about Knicks fans. I know y'all say you hate Trey Young, but I don't see it that way. I think you actually love the guy because you love the pain. Because it hurts so good. If you didn't feel this pain, you'd feel nothing at all. And believe me, if the pain ever went away, you'd miss it. And if ending their season weren't bad enough... Young had even more, like when he told a fan courtside to hold that L for me during the game. And when he said after the game that he didn't even notice the fans. Nah, nah, I couldn't really hear him for real. It it wasn't even that loud, to be honest with you. I couldn't even feel it. I didn't even know they were there. That's got to hurt even more, right? Like you're so obsessed with this guy. You say you hate this guy so much, 
You love the pain that he inflicts on you. He's all you can think about and hate on, and he doesn't even know you exist. But just because the numbers indicate that the Knicks season is done, that they're done, that it's over, nope, that does not mean that old Tibbs is giving in or giving up. The position we're in, they're all must-have games, so that's it. But you're not eliminated till you're eliminated, so keep fighting. All right, that's your response. Here is my response to your response. <laughs> that's funny, T. I don't know, believe this, it's over. That whole thing about how you're not eliminated until you're eliminated, you got eliminated last night. It's over. I appreciate that whole heart and hustle thing. And there's no way a head coach would say, we're going to pull the plug on the season. But go ahead and pull the plug on the season. Actually, you don't even need to. Trey Young did it for you. And as silly as it is for Tibbs to be saying crazy things happen in sports, it was still a whole lot better than what R.J. Barrett was trying to say about Young's performance after the game. Trey's going to be Trey. I mean, he's special, of course. He's special talent. Also, you know, someone who has the ball all game is going to score. That's a given, but uh, definitely shouldn't have had 45 or whatever he had. But uh, it's 3-1 series this year, so overall we did a good job. Uh, but, you know, today was a tough one for sure. Overall, that's like one of the worst answers I've ever heard. That's your guy, Knicks fan. The franchise cornerstone that you're going to build around. Of course, Trey Young had the ball in his hand the entire game. Because you and your teammates couldn't do anything to stop the guy. And it's not like you were locked down defenders elsewhere either. He had four other teammates in double figures, including one guy on a bad leg who had 32. Oh, but good job on citing the season series at the end there. Like when the season is over in a couple of weeks or in a couple of minutes, you can hang a banner for a 3-1 series win over the Hawks while they're still playing and you're on a golf course. Hold that L on the way down to Cancun. It's 3-1 series this year, so. Oh, okay. Great. You got that going for you, which is not nice. I hope the Hawks got to celebrate a little bit, though, before they went on to Detroit, especially Clint Capella. Let me talk about that guy for a minute. After channeling Dikembe's finger wag on that block, I hope that he channeled his inner Matumbo when he hit the town. Now, I cannot confirm this. I don't know whether or not this is actually something that happened or it's an urban myth or legend or it was just a story somebody made up. I don't know. I don't know. I have never been able to double or even single confirm this. However, Dan in D.C. back in the day hit this program up with a Dikembe story, said he saw him at a party and it went down like this. Final story, Romy, and I may have lost some credibility from my Bison Deli true story of last year, but here goes. I was mullered at a Georgetown bar when uh, Mutombo was a senior, and it was late when he walked in. But anyway, he goes to the center of the room and spreads his arm out and yells, Who wants to sex Mutombo? Needless to say, the place cleared out like a fire drill. War Sixers and four, late. Uh, yeah, I never got actual confirmation on whether or not that happened. I want to be very, very clear about that. That was Dan in D.C. way back in the day. We don't even have a date for that call. So, no, I'm not saying that that happened. I'm not saying that I believe that happened. I'm saying a caller 
said that happened. Again, no actual confirmation to that story. However, however, I'd like to think that after the game that he had, where he channeled Dikembe Mutombo on the floor, that maybe he allegedly channeled him at the club after the game. Like, did CC walk to the middle of the dance floor, tell the DJ to cut the music, spread his arms wide open and shout, Who wants to sex Capella? Who wants to sex Capella? Allegedly. Hey, I don't know if he did or didn't. I'm going to assume he did not. However, I'm going to assume he should have. Who wants to sex Capella? Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? And the right guy at the right time, he is Will Brinson. Will, what's going on? How are you? Jim, what's going on, man? Uh, I'd like to thank a quick shout-out to the uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins for uh, the timing of this trade and not uh, feeding, the, feeding the content machine, pumping some coal in there. That's what I'm talking about. Like, if it had not been crazy enough, I echo that. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody. If it weren't crazy enough, for those missing it, now it seems official. Will Adam Schefter reporting, Kansas City is going to send Tyreek Hill to Miami for five draft picks, including the 29th and 50th this year, a fourth-round pick this year, and a fourth and a sixth next year. What is your reaction to that package and the deal itself? Yeah, and also, it's, uh, re- reportedly, Tyreek is going to get a four-year, $120 million contract, uh, which, will, you know, which will make him the highest-paid wide receiver in football, leapfrogging Devontae Adams. And, and really, Jim, I think, that Adams contract, you can kind of trace this back to the DeAndre Hopkins contract, which paid him $27.5 million. It was an outlier from the rest of the market. And a lot of teams were treating it that way in negotiations. You know, certainly the Packers were. And Devontae Adams, guys like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill weren't willing to take less than what DeAndre Hopkins was making. So when the trade for Adams happened and he makes $28 million, and then the Tyreek extension's going on and he goes to the Chiefs and says, look, I'm not going to take less than what Devontae Adams made. I think I'm the best wide receiver in football. The Chiefs didn't want to go above market, so they told Tyreek to, you know, to they didn't want to reset the market, actually. They told Tyreek to, to, to look around for a, a trade option, and uh, his, his agent, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, found the Jets and the Dolphins both interested, and both teams had deals on the table. Uh, I, I can't say whether or not the Chiefs – like, we don't know what the Jets' deal was. Hopefully we find out, because I'm curious – whether or not the Jets might have had a better offer, but the Chiefs did Tyreek a solid by sending him to Miami. My initial reaction is that the, the, the compensation is a little light, frankly, Jim. I mean, we're talking about the highest pick in there is the 29th overall pick. I, I mean, if I'm 
or 26 overall, maybe. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm looking for – I would have I would have been looking for a higher pick than that or maybe even a player back because you got a 33-year-old Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, you, you, you don't exactly – I'm sure 33-year-old Travis Kelsey, excuse me. You know, you're, you're, you've got Patrick Mahomes, and then, you know, you're kind of patchworking the offense around him after that. It's a little surprising what they got back. We're talking to Will Brinson. Will, I agree with you. I thought they would get more back. And now the going rate for wide receivers is, like it or not, I think it's fair or not, the going rate is 30 mil per year. Kansas City obviously was not willing to go that high for him. Like, when you look at all the other teams in the AFC West, Will, and what they've done in the past few weeks in that arms race, how weird would it be if Kansas City's biggest move was to get rid of one of their biggest stars? I mean, you know, if you told me that, if you had told me, like three weeks ago, Jim, that Russell Wilson and Devontae Adams and Khalil Mack were coming in the AFC West and Tyreek Hill was going out, I would have, I would have asked you to produce evidence of this uh, or, or, to, uh, or to take me to Vegas and or maybe go buy some lottery tickets. I mean, that's, that, that's like an impossible outcome, those four storylines converging on this division. And it'll be really interesting to see how Las Vegas adjusts for this because the Chiefs were already plus money, like plus one – 15, maybe even plus 130 at Caesars to win the division. I thought it was pretty good value. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the maybe even the Broncos leapfrogged them with, with uh, you know, with the with the departure of Tyreek Hill. It's it, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes can make up for a lot, but man, I mean, Tyreek Hill. You think about all the big explosive plays he's had in his career with the Chiefs. The you know, I mean. Without him, they don't win that Super Bowl. You know, they were trailing to the Niners. Without the, the Wasp sting play that, that Tyreek Hill makes happen, they don't, they don't win that. And you just have to wonder. I, I know the offense will still be good. Andy Reid and Mahomes, again, are fantastic. But, I mean, losing Tyreek Hill is a big, big loss. I mean, he's only 28 years old. I get not extending him, but, man, I mean, that's, that's a tough one for Casey. Hey, listen, I, I think, Will, they're still a very good, if not elite offense, but they are not the same offense without this guy. They just certainly are not. I mean, this, this guy's got – this feel's got, like, some Randy Moss to New England type of feel in it to me. Like, you made this point on Twitter the other day that there was a time when Brandon Cooks and a trade of Cooks was considered a blockbuster. <laughs> now we can't go 24 hours without a pro bowler being moved. What changed? What's going on here? Yeah, I remember. Um, I'm trying to think. It was it was an in season uh, trade of Cooks and uh, remember Coney Ely to the Patriots for like sure. a late second rounder. I, I remember riding with my parents down to see my grandparents in Florida when that broke and like blogging blogging on the on the fly. Uh, and it, the difference is, I think it's two things, right? One is the the salary cap has uh, expanded uh, substantially and. Teams are no longer worried about the cap. They're willing to pay these guys, and they're willing to take on these salaries in a trade. You know, the Dolphins, uh, you know, are willing to, you know, to to gamble and to try and uh, try and get you know a guy like Tyreek Hill, even if it costs a, a ton of money. And and then two, you know, the the draft pick, the willingness to to, to part with draft picks, that mentality has changed a lot. You know, we saw it with the Rams this year, and that's a that's an extreme example where they're going all in. But, you know, these new era general managers, um, I, I think, tend to be a little less conservative about holding on to their draft picks, a little more willing to give away a first round pick, uh, you know, even if it's, a, you know, especially a late first rounder in order to acquire a superstar. Talking to Will Brinson, you know, like F them picks, right? Less need, F, F them, them picks. picks. 
Listen, what do you think Hill's fit in Miami might look and feel like and what might McDaniel might do with him? It's really interesting to think about an offense that features, you know, two, two backs, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, in that Mike McDaniel system. They just signed Teron Armstead. If, he's, if he plays 17 games, I mean, that, you know, that's a stud at left tackle. Uh, and then they have Hill and Waddle, plus Mike Gusecki. You know, if, I mean, Mike McDaniel's whole thing, you know, coming up under Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he's, he's I think, the longest – he's the only assistant coach under Kyle Shanahan that has been at every stop with Kyle – uh, before he took this job in Miami, he was Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man, was his run game coordinator, and then his offensive coordinator. And, you know, when you think about the approach that they'll take, it's going to be, I mean, just imagine, imagine uh, you know, Debo Samuel running in space, getting wide open passes from Jimmy Garoppolo, and then interchange that with Jalen Waddell and, 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 you know, Tua throwing to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. I mean, if his offense can work the same way that a Shanahan offense works, and we have no reason to think it won't, you know, this is going to feature Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill getting the ball in wide open space. And tr- you know, nobody gets more yak than the 49ers. And that should be a staple of the Dolphins with two very explosive playmakers. It will. I love, love McDaniel. I, I cannot wait to see what that offense looks like there. And especially with the weapons he has, like you just mentioned, what do you personally think of Tua at this point? I'm still a little, I mean, I'm still a little skeptical of him. I think, I mean, I think that's fair. You know, the the deep ball, you know, the the, the rumor with the, you know, the the thought process with the Jets going to get uh, Tyreek was that he would accentuate what Zach Wilson does best with the deep ball. I think with the Dolphins, it's the opposite. I think they are going to want to get, you know, you run a you're running crossers, put Tyreek in bubble screens, you know, accentuate what Tua does best, which is smart decision making, quick decision making and short yardage, maybe some intermediate throws. I mean, he can throw the deep ball. It's just not his specialty yet. And I, I still wonder, Jim, if, you know, you just think about the, you know, the motions of a quarterback and you know, really any athlete, right? I mean, you know, golf, tennis, whatever it is, you know, if you've if you got, you got a hip injury, that's something that can linger. And I, I do sort of wonder if, you know, going into his rookie season, he's, over, he's dealing with that. He's dealing with adjusting to the NFL, which is different even for Alabama players. And he's dealing with Brian Flores yanking him in and out of the, the starting lineup. And so maybe this is sort of a third-year breakout, a you know, post-height uh, situation for Tua where he's under the radar, but he's got a quarterback. He's got a coach who's committed to him now, and he's got these weapons. I, I, I am still on the fence with Tua, but, I mean, if you're going to be bullish on the guy, now's a good time to be there. Yeah, but I at the same time, I think that your skepticism and what you said formerly is certainly fair. And you can't help but wonder if they're wondering or thinking about maybe what would have happened if we pulled that Justin Herbert card instead. And really quickly, what about if this traces back to Devontae Adams and that contract? Adams was saying in his introductory presser that going to the Raiders was a dream come true. I understand that. He grew up in California. He's got a connection to the Raiders. Obviously, he played college ball with Derek Carr. How much of this in your mind, Will, is about chasing a dream? And how much of this is about wanting to just bust out of Green Bay? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, they talked. He talked about it last year with Derek Carr. I mean, they, they were they, they, like he describes Derek Carr as one of his best friends, and they stay in touch. I, I do think that it's that's a legitimate part of it, and I believe that um, that he that he he wanted to play with Carr and, and was really excited about doing that. And you know, getting twenty eight million dollars a year probably doesn't help. Um, also, though, like 
he had to be thinking, am I going to tie myself to this franchise that just tagged me, even though they knew I didn't want to do it, that just has had this acrimonious you know, battle between Aaron Rodgers over the last three years and is probably not going to feature Aaron Rodgers in two years, whereas the length of his contract, you have to think Derek Carr will be playing throughout that, which is you know, potentially more appealing uh, than being in Green Bay with, uh, Jordan, with whatever Jordan Love ends up becoming in two years. He is a CBS Sports senior writer. He is host of the Pick 6 podcast. You want to make sure you listen to that and a very, very good friend of the program. He is Will Brinson. Will, way to be quick on your feet, man. Great job. Appreciate you very much. Thanks so much for doing it. Anytime, Jim. Have a great day, man. Oh, yeah. I love that sound. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. What Shopify does is it gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Listen, I know where we started and where we are right now, and I do not plan on stopping there. Because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. And Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Do this for me. No, do this for you. Go to shopify.com slash all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. You have to try this. Grow your business with Shopify today, go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. That's shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase. Do it. Check it out. So Tyreek Hill on his way to Miami. Once again, Adam Schefter, if you're joining us late, Adam Schefter tweeting, Chiefs are trading six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tyreek Hill to Miami for five draft picks. A 2022 first-round pick, number 29. A second-round pick. Number 50, a fourth-round pick, as well as fourth and sixth-round picks in the 2023 draft, sources tell ESPN. I also happen to agree with Will Brinson. I thought they would get better. I thought that Tyreek Hill, even at that age, and the fact that they had to move him to somebody willing to give him the contract he wanted, I thought that he'd pull a bigger haul than that. Now, as always with trades like this, you have to wait and see what they do with those draft picks. In and of themselves... You don't have that one or two draft pick that just jumps off the board. Whether or not they can package those together to move up and get something significant remains to be seen. I would imagine that's the plan. But I thought they would do even better for him than they did. In terms of what did Hill want, more than what Kansas City was willing to give him. What did Hill get? According to Schefter, four years 120 mil, including 72.2 guaranteed per Drew J. Rosenhaus. So that's what Drew is saying. I'm sure he wants that out there. 30 mil per year. The now market rate for a star wide receiver. I mean, you can say what you want about that, like I said, but it is what it is. It's a fact. That's now the market rate for star wide receivers, 30 mil per year. 72.2 of the 120 is guaranteed. And again, we are talking about a guy who I think is irreplaceable. There's nobody like him in the game. 
I'm not saying that he is the best wide receiver in the game. I'm saying he is on the short list, and I'm saying there's nobody like him in the game, and Kansas City cannot next man this guy up or next man up this guy. But what I am also saying is Kansas City might be looking at that and saying, you know what, we do not want to tie up that kind of money in a guy that age who's five foot ten, where we may have some questions about his durability, and we do have other weapons, and they do. That's still a really good offense, but they do not have any other weapons like that weapon. They do not have anybody else not named Mahomes that strikes fear into Mahomes? a defense the way Hill does. They don't. Schefter also goes on, quote, more Tyreek Hill contract details. The $72.2 million becomes fully guaranteed at the start of the 2023 league year. The other $52.535 million is fully guaranteed at signing. So there's your money. Those contracts are not necessarily what they appear, but four years, 120, 72.2 guaranteed. And 52.535 guaranteed upon signing. It's a hell of a lot of money. So he got what he wanted. And like I mentioned, when the AFC West, when the AFC West and everybody in the AFC West is loading the hell up, Kansas City's response was to get rid of one of their most important players. To the point where I thought Will Brinson made a really interesting point that he thinks that maybe Denver has leapfrogged them in the division. Wild, wild west. And we already know the Chargers are trying to pull a Ram and go all in. We already know the Raiders are significantly improved. Just wild. Chiefs fan. And by the way, personally, I'm not saying that Denver is the team to beat. I love the Chargers. I absolutely love what they've done. And I don't think they're done yet. I love LA's response to the team across town doing what they did last year. Aggressive as hell. I love the Chargers in that division. Chiefs fan, I got to know. I have to hear from you. Like, what are you waiting on? What are you saving it for? Tyreek is gone. It's a done deal. What is your reaction to that? Dear Van Smack, Chiefs fan here. No! Oh my God, this is not happening. Oh my God, this is not happening. No! There's some reaction. Casey in New Hampshire. Dear Jim, it would be a rather unique experience to see loyalty supersede money in the NFL. But I guess that's too much to ask for. Mike and Casey, come on, Mike. Let me stop with that nonsense. Somebody's going to pick loyalty over money. The next time that happens in that league will be the first time that happens. And don't come in here with, what about Tom Brady? What about Tom Brady playing below market value all those years to make his team around him better? Stop being so naive. This just in, there is no loyalty in professional sports. Come on, Chiefs fan. You did not just say that, man. Get the hell out of here with that, Mike. Come on. You can be upset. You can be bent. You can be shocked. But don't you come in here with that nonsense about, yeah, I guess it would be too much to ask to have loyalty over money. 
Guess that would be too novel. It, yeah, it would. You get out of here with that, man. Don't be so naive. Come on. Come on. Both sides. Both sides. Come on. Both sides will always do what benefits them. The team will, the player will, and they should. Come on, man. Stop with that. You didn't really just say, I guess it would be too much to ask for loyalty to supersede the money. You didn't just say that, did you, Mike? Come on, man. Stop with that. Let's not be that naive. <laughs> Better yet, let's not be that ridiculous. Get the hell out of here with that. Dear Rome. Matt Ryan can't believe you're saying that. Rome, Tyreek is going to play for the Dolphins. Tell him to get ready to lose games on purpose in exchange for a payoff. Regards, Brian Flores. What's he care? He's getting paid. He's already getting his payoff. He's getting lots of money, yo. Devontae got his. Tyreek's getting his. This is the way it works, right? Somebody sets the market... Then others, when it's their turn and it comes up, they break the market and they reset the standard. Did you really think that Tyreek would say, hey, you know what? Oh, look what Devontae got. Man, I love it here. I love Patrick. I love Andy Reid. And by the way, I'm sure he does. But did you really think that he was going to look? Guy's that prideful. You know, somebody at that age looking at that one big, big contract still. Did you really think that guy was going to look at Devontae and say, you know what? How much is too much? How much do I really need? Yeah, I think I'll take less. Come on, get real with that. 12 would once in. Tua and Carr are not Mahomes and Rogers. Dear Adams and Hill, welcome to your worst seasons thus far. All right, so going back to Devontae Adams, what you just said that Carr and Mahomes or Tua and Carr are not Mahomes and Rodgers. No, nobody's saying they are. However, something went down in Green Bay. Something went down in Green Bay. I think that when Devontae says it's a dream to play for the Raiders, I think there's something to that. California guy, Raider fan growing up, went to college with Derek Carr. They've always talked about what it might be like to reunite and play together. But if Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in the game, playing with the best quarterback in the game, a reigning two-time MVP was willing to leave, I'm guessing it has more to do with the fact that he wanted to play with the guy that he went to college with and the team that he liked growing up. There's something that went down in Green Bay. Something happened between him and them or them and him. Or that deal would have gotten done already and he wouldn't have left. So, there's something more to it than him wanting to play for a team that he dreamed about playing with, in my personal opinion. As far as Tyreek Hill, yeah, I I think Tyreek, hey, 12 would. I think Tyreek is pretty well aware that Mahomes is a better quarterback than Tua. I don't think that he needs you to tell him that. What I'm saying to you is I don't think he cares. I think he cares about Mahomes. I think he cares about winning, just not as much as he cares about being the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Or he wouldn't have forced that issue. Or he wouldn't be going to Miami. And by the way, they're interesting. They're not the Chiefs, but they are interesting. They've got a brilliant young head coach 
and I cannot wait to see what Mike McDaniel does there. And they've got some weapons. No, they're not the Chiefs. But the Chiefs weren't willing to give Tyreek what he wanted, and clearly Tyreek made it clear what was most important to him. The money, the deal, the contract. Just whatever you do, don't come in here with some naive BS about, hey man, what about loyalty? What about it? There is no loyalty. Like, what if you're Matt Ryan? You're Matt Ryan and you've done and said all the right things your entire career in Atlanta. And you want to be there. And you want to finish your career there. And Atlanta says, yeah, no, we actually want the defendant more. Loyalty. Come on now. Hey, Snagger, I tried using that loyalty over money argument in my last divorce. Right? How'd that go, Steve? Steve in Palm Springs. Business is business, and that is the most ruthless business there is. Yeah, consider that a divorce. So the question is, where does that leave Kansas City? You know, even Mahomes was not the Mahomes of years past with Tyreek Hill. So what's he going to look like without Tyreek Hill? This guy addresses it. Hey, Rome, lifelong Chiefs fan here. I think the Mahomes may be exposed without a weapon like Tyreek Hill. Many of Patrick's Madden-like highlights are due to receivers like Hill and Kelsey wrecking the secondary and just being better than the coverage. Without Hill on the team, I think we'll see less success for our offense next season. Should have paid the man when we had a chance. Michael in Mile High City. Did you just say you think that you'll see less success for the offense without him? You think, Mike? Of course you're going to see less success. I mean, we all know this, and you know this, Mike. Nobody can take the top off a defense. Nobody on that roster like Tyreek Hill. Almost nobody in the game. Of course you're going to have less success. Of course you're going to be less intimidating. Of course you're not going to be the same. They do not have a replacement for that number one receiver. They made, you know what it comes down to? They made a business decision, and so did Tyreek. They both did. Ryan McGee80 tweets, Hey, Chiefs fan. Oh, my God, the quarterback is toast. Oh, my God, the quarterback is toast. One more thing, Chiefs fan. I know you're looking for the silver lining. I know you want to see who else is involved. You know... Or I know you think there's got to be somebody else involved in the package. No, they are not going to move Jackson Mahomes either. You still have him. He's not a part of the package. They didn't make Miami take him too. He's still part of the team. He's still part of the equation. Jackson is not a part of the package. 1-800-636-6767. I'm still a big Mahomes fan. Mahomes? But you can't tell me that he looks like the player he did a few years back when he was the ultimate unicorn, when we had never seen anything like him, where defenses just could not adjust. They could not figure out. You know, that they made their adjustments. 
and that he was not willing to adjust back, and that he kept trying to hit that home run ball every single time, that he wouldn't take what defenses gave him. And all of a sudden, there's questions about him and questions about Eric Bieniemy and questions about the Chiefs. You know, I thought that he ultimately did start to make the adjustment, but not that guy. Not, not that one outlier. And now you're going to take Tyreek Hill away from him as well. I'm still going to bet on he and Andy together, but they're not going to be the force they were. They're not. And again, I think it's really interesting that in the AFC West, when everybody else is aggressive as hell, I mean, coming out their cleats, taking enormous swings, the Chiefs' biggest move was to get rid of their most dangerous offensive weapon, not named Mahomes. Mahomes? How about the balance of power in that division now? That's fascinating. Absolutely amazing division. 1-800-636-8686. Now what? Chiefs fans, I need to hear from you. And then Miami fan, where do you come out? J.J. Sportmo says, this trade still doesn't make Tua a true QB1. Tua will underthrow Hill so many times. Yeah, on the deep ball he will. But what if he gets it to him in space? What if they get it to him in those crossing patterns? He can still do damage. I mean, obviously not. He's not going to throw a deep ball the way Patrick Mahomes did. But you still find a way to put the ball in your playmaker's hands in space and let this guy do what he does. They're much better. Is Tua a QB1? I'm going to say pretty much so. Is he a franchise quarterback? No. Do they wish they took Justin Herbert? Yes. But are they better now than they were about an hour ago? Hell yes. And I don't think they gave up too much to get this guy. Abra Rome Lincoln. How's your offseason? Mine's great. My best receiver bounced like Ritz checks. My new receiver won't stop filming himself doing TikToks. And I got married to a wench. Hip, hip, hooray. Signed, Patty Mahomes. V in the fee. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> well, you couldn't work Jackson into that V. You couldn't work his bro in there. Hey, Rome. The Chiefs definitely win this trade. They get five picks, including a first and a second. Hill is not worth that much money. Hill will have an impact in Miami, but only for a short while. A wide receiver is only as good as his QB and his offense. The Chiefs will be just fine. Listen, that's a very straight take, and you might be right. By the way, that's exactly what their thinking is. That's why they made that deal. We're not paying this guy that amount of money. It's not worth it. It's too big of a risk. We will be fine. We still have our quarterback. We still have our coach. We still have other playmakers. We will be just fine. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I'll tell you what, they're not going to be what they were. They're not going to be what they were, and I would argue to you, they weren't just fine. Cincinnati was in the Super Bowl. They weren't just fine. Don't matter. They'll still be a factor. They'll still figure in it. But don't act like this is not a thing. Don't act like they didn't just get worse. All right, still ahead, the beef segment. 
And, and I like I like your energy. More importantly, I like your reaction. I want to hear from you Chiefs fans. I want to hear from Dolphin fans. I want to hear from you Jets fans who thought this guy was coming for five minutes or so. Come on, Jets fan. Get real. He was not coming. Was there really ever a chance? Come on. If the Jets are one of your options, is there really even a choice? This whole thing about he's torn. He's torn. No, he's not. No, he wasn't. Oh, I mean, wow. The Jets. Miami. The Jets. Anybody. The Jets. Man, he's torn. He's torn. I think it took four minutes after the tweet dropped about how torn he was for that decision to become official. Yeah, he was really torn. Wow. Imagine Tyreek Hill going to Drew. Drew, uh, how much time do I have? Don't put a gun to my head. How do I make this decision? The Jets or Miami? Dude. (laughs) Miami. (laughs) Tua. Miami. Yeah, I don't think he was torn. I don't think it was that hard. You know why it wasn't that hard? Because the Jets were in the equation. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it is nice to have them answered by a real person. You know, somebody who can actually understand your issues and work to resolve them. In other words, what you do not need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. No wonder we call it live customer service discover exceptionally common sense christian watson is my guest christian good to have you on how are you so i'm doing great i'm doing great thank you for having me it's good to have you all right so you've had an amazing few months from the senior bowl to the combine and now your pro day is tomorrow i'm curious what has that process been like for you overall and what are you looking to show everybody at your pro day um, I mean, it's been an amazing process for me so far. Um, the opportunities that I've been blessed with, uh, I feel like I've been able to, you know, go in and, and showcase exactly what I've been trying to showcase uh, throughout the process. And, and I've just, you know, made the most of it um, throughout the process so far. And, and tomorrow, uh, the pro day for me is is, is really just the, uh, the tip of the cap um, and kind of just, you know, seal off, seal off, you know, the amazing, uh, you know, pre-jack process that I've had so far and kind of just, you know, uh, continue to, you know, show the culmination of all, of all the work that I've put in up to this point. Christian Watson joining us. I like that. The culmination of all the work you've put in. If we were to go way back, though, like what you've done at the Senior Bowl and the Combine, that's one thing. And you're getting a lot of attention. But if we were to go back to what you were like coming out of Plant High School in Tampa, you were not getting a ton of attention at that time. Like, what were you like as a, fl- a player, as a freshman and a sophomore in high school? Um, I mean, that was when I was uh... – you know, I made I made the transition from uh, running back uh, in little league to a wide receiver uh, in high school. Uh, I'd always I'd, I'd always uh, played like a combination of, of both up until that point, uh, but I was you know exclusively a wide receiver at that point. Uh, I was really I was a small guy. Uh, I say you know that kind of attributed to, to you know be, me being a, a bit more of a low pro- profile guy, um, you know throughout the recruiting process. Uh, so I was you know five nine five ten. Uh, in my early years of high school, probably 140 pounds, um, and and you know obviously you know being in Plant High School, you know that was a bit of a, a bit of a powerhouse uh, back in you know my days in high school. Um, so I you know I feel like I was a bit overshadowed um, you know by other guys uh, in the program, but I mean I felt like it just kind of took some time for me to uh, kind of grow into myself and and obviously you know 
grow into the player that I am today. Well said. I mean, that's exactly what that was, right? You go to a high school like that, and you're surrounded by talent, and maybe you're not getting the reps or the targets that you might want. And, of course, you're developing physically as an athlete. For instance, Atif Austin, who recruited you to North Dakota State, said that your high school coach pointed you out saying, quote, He's got a goofy little run, but he's starting to grow into his body. He's in the weight room, and he's doing some things where he said, I just don't know. He could be something in the future, but at that particular moment, he wasn't that. End of quote. I'm kind of curious. like, What's your reaction when you hear that, and what do you remember when North Dakota State first showed up? Um. I mean, I, shoot, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, it, it hurts a little bit to be called goofy. Um, but I mean, that's, I guess that's just, you know, you know, the perception that at the time. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I do feel like I've done a lot of growing in, in terms of, you know, growing into my body and, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, becoming, you know, bigger and, and maturing as a, as a uh, you know, teenager, but, you know, back at that time. Um, but I, mean, I, def- I definitely feel like I did a, I did a, did a lot of growing. Um, and I mean, it was really, I mean, it was really special for me to kind of, you know, start spark that, you know, recruiting process off with North Dakota State. Obviously, you know, that was my first, um, you know, real interest from from a school um, up until that point. And I feel like, you know, it was just, um, you know, obviously, you know, even back then, you know, I was, I was putting in a lot of work. You know, I still had, you know, goals and, and dreams and aspirations. You know, play at the highest level possible, uh, even back then. Um, so I mean, just to, you know, finally, you know, have it pay off. Um, you know, with obviously, you know being recruited up at that point um i mean it was just it was just an amazing feeling for me i like what i'm hearing i'll just say that christian watson my guest i like that i like the way you're handling that i like your response to that clones what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy not bars not sugary snacks not energy drinks you want beef pure and simple where's the beef it's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper or what's your beef? Like, for instance, Austin said that watching you, he did see something in you, and he wanted to get you to Fargo. The thing is, that's a long way from Tampa. That's about 1,500 miles away. What do you remember about visiting North Dakota State for the first time, and what made you feel like that was the place you wanted to be? Uh, I mean, visiting for the first time, you know, I I really didn't know what to expect a whole lot. I I hadn't really, you know, visited, uh, you know, much of the Midwest at all um, up until that point. So, you know, I kind of just went in with, with an open mind and, and, you know, just ready to, you know, kind of embrace, embrace the process and you know, just, just soak everything in. Uh, so, I mean, coming up for the first time, I was really just um, looking to see, you know, see what the program was about, you know, see what their, see what their goals are, see what the, you know, standard and, and, you know, the values, you know, within the program. Um, and, you know, I think coming up for the first time, you know, from the moment I stepped on campus, the moment I stepped in the facilities, you know, I was able to, you know, see very clearly, you know, what the values and, and um, you know, what it takes to, to, you know, to, you know, be a bison and be as successful as they were at that point. Um, and, you know, just the, the love that I've seen from the coaches uh, right away and, and you know, the, 
the love I seen uh, and heard uh, from you know when I talked to the players at that time. I you know I just think it was a, a different organization. Uh, you know, obviously I had my brother and my dad who had who had you know gone through that process before already. So you know I I had heard you know what it's like at different programs, and I just you know felt right away that that North Dakota State was different you know from what I've heard and and my experience up until that point. So you know I just I knew right away that. Uh, you know, it was a special place, and, you know, I could see myself, uh, you know, being successful here and, you know, being a part of something, you know, bigger than myself. Christian Watson is joining us. I mean, I was going to ask you about that, too, the culture of the thing. Like, to say that North Dakota State is a powerhouse would be a great understatement. I mentioned right off the top, you're a four-time national champion. Like, how would you describe the culture and the expectation in the sense that no matter who is there, no matter what year it is, they're there to win it all. They're there to compete for a national championship every single year, regardless of circumstance. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just a standard uh, that's set, you know, to each and every individual. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, like you said, you know, regardless of your age, whether you're a freshman or, or a five-year uh, vet, you know, it's, it's just a, you know, standard that's, you know, set and instilled in each and every player, you know, regardless of what we're doing, whether it's winter workouts, you know, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's, you know, summer conditioning, fall camp. Um, you know, there's, that standard is, is upheld in each and everything that, you know, we do, uh, you know, 365 days a year. Uh, so, I mean, it's not just, uh, you know, we win a championship and, you know, we feel, you know, complacent and, and you know, we're happy with where we're at. You know, the, the moment we win that championship, you know, the next after that next week, uh, we have a week off. You know, we're on, you know, to, to, you know, do that same thing next year, but not with with the idea that, oh, we've done it this year so we can just do it again. It's, it's you know, we're starting from scratch. We have a whole we have a whole new team. You know, we have guys that left, guys that are coming in um, and, you know, we, we prepare like, you know, we're we're trying to do it all over again from scratch as well. That's a pro mindset right there. Christian Watson joining me for a few more moments. Of course, you played with Trey Lance before he went on to the NFL. Naturally, the expectations are going to be very high for him in San Francisco. I'm curious, maybe, what do you know about him as a quarterback and a teammate that perhaps people who are listening right now don't know and should know? Uh, I mean, Trey is just a, is just a you know, selfless individual. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, it takes a lot um, you know, to be you know, a leader and, and uh, you know, the leader that he was. Uh, at NDSU, you know, it takes a lot. You have to, you know, have an understanding of, you know, that standard and the expectation of, you know, being a bison. And I think, you know, he he carries himself um, in a way that, you know, portrays, you know, what it's like to be to be a successful bison uh, in all aspects of life. I mean, he's a selfless individual, you know, a great teammate, a great leader. Um, and I mean, he's truly a student of the game and, and really, a, a, you know, a student of life. You know, I think the way he carries himself is, is you know, something that, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys, you know, should strive to, to be. Hey, Christian, your NFL next-gen stats were wild. What they do is they take everybody's performance at the Combine, and then they come up with what they call an athleticism score. Your score was a 99, which is the highest possible score, even higher than a guy like Calvin Johnson posted back in the day. What's it feel like then to hear your name mentioned with his and to hear that your performance was actually better than his? Uh, I mean, shoot, I'm just, I'm just, you know, thankful. Uh, you know, it's a blessing to, to, you know, even be in the position that I'm, that I'm in today, uh, and to, you know, be able to play this game, uh, football, and, and, you know, continue to, you know, pursue opportunities of playing at the next level, and obviously, you know, to be, to be, you know, compared with, and, um, with, you know, with such a legendary player uh, like that. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, it's something that, you know, obviously, you know, I strive to be the best, you know, each and every day. So, you know, just seeing that kind of stuff pay off. Um, you know, it's definitely exciting for me. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, I, you know, I see a lot of things I continue to improve upon. And, and, you know, I think, that you know, my athleticism, you know, will help me to, you know, continue to, 
you know, improve upon, you know, all those things and, you know, continue to become that complete player and, and continue to strive to be the best even at the next level. A four-time national champion, a two-time All-American, obviously shown up huge since the end of the season and a chance to make another impression at his pro day, which is coming up. The NFL draft overall starts on April 28th in Las Vegas. Christian Watson is somebody that people are looking at very closely. Christian, great to have you on the show. Like I said, you handled that really well. I'll be curious to see how you go or where you go in the draft and where you end up going to work and living. Great to have you on the show, and I'll look forward to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. Once again, I appreciate you having me on today. This guy's going to set the tone. Similarly, a beef with Alvin. My beef is with Alvy for not posting the playlists that he bumps when coming back from breaks. Alvy, you can relate. The old lady and I would like to wrestle to some of those jazzy little numbers you play. So how about you give my Shazam a break so I can pin her to those bumps? Bruno in the Bay. What's your answer, Bruno? He thinks that is ridiculous. Chris in Fondy. Jim, I've got a real beef. My beef is with Dip the Whole Chip guy. There is only one bowl of this queso for everyone at this party, and you just ate half of it with three tortilla chips. Slow down, fat ass. Jimmy. My beef is with this NFL breaking news getting smashed in my face every day, all day. I am going back to my Razor flip phone and rooftop antenna. Who the hell cares? Sammy in H-Town. I don't know, Sammy. My favorite team is team content. I do love it, but it can be overwhelming. Sometimes you want to go backwards, right? Sometimes you want to lose the smartphone and go back to the flip phone or even the Razor. Or, dude, just turn your phone off. Jim, my beef is with one of the school's local radio announcers. During our first round March Madness game, he referred to a Texas Tech player scoring, saying he's got a pair. I certainly hope so. Greg in H-Town. I don't know, dude. Not everybody does. I was watching. Oh, man, it was so amazing. I digress. I'll tell you who doesn't have a pair. I was watching, was it 48 Hours or Dateline or 2020 on one of my favorite topics ever. Those absolute kooks from Heaven's Gate. Oh, man. You can't get enough. 20 years after the fact, Diane Sawyer was breaking it down. She had done, they had done a two-year deep dive they found a bunch of tapes and documentation and they found a couple of people who were a part of the cult willing to talk about it why am i mentioning this because as part of that cult they went castration so they wouldn't have urges and not only did they go castration they went and let one of the leaders of the cult do the castrating insane And they went into some warehouse and did it and hung up these signs that said like hospital room, like weirdest stuff ever. So when you say, yeah, uh, hello, who doesn't? Them. Before they lie down in their black Nikes waiting for the mothership. I, I could do not only a show on that, I could do shows. I could do nothing but that for the rest of my life. And I'd be fascinated. Anyway, Jim, my beef is with... Can you imagine letting one of your coworkers castrate you? Yeah, no. 
Alvy, I got an idea. Hey, Jim, dude, my dude, beef is no, with TV no, no. show laugh tracks. If a show is actually funny, I don't need to be prompted to laugh. The punchline certainly is not going over anybody's head. If I wanted to hear fake laughter, I would tell my wife a joke. Jay-Z in Minneapolis. Hey, Rome, I've got a beef. It's with the guy on my flight that tried taking both armrests. I understand that you have two arms, and you want both of them. But hey, bag, everyone knows there is an unwritten rule. One armrest per person. Aaron in Iowa. It's, what can I say, man? That is a bully move. That's a, I don't give a damn move. That's a, I'm doing it because I know you're not doing anything about it move. Dude, I know he encroached in your leg space, too. I know he ate your peanuts as well. You know why? Because you let him do all these things. Because he could. I know you put your drink on his tray. Hey, Van Smack. Yeah, that guy was probably like, hey, man, are you using those earphones? Now you're not. Hey, Van Smack. My beef is with places, mostly in the suburbs, that are unnecessarily wordy. To sound fancier, for example, the shops with two P's at Riverdale Acres or the club at Douche Station. Makes me want to gag Casey in New Hampshire. Unwar tourist traps to use house, H-A-U-S, instead of a house. Hey, Van Smack, my beef is the same dude I've run across at the grocery store, the hardware store, and the Chinese takeout place wearing no shoes or socks of any kind. Nobody wants to see your dirty, nasty feet, you dumbass. This is Raleigh, North Carolina. Not bedrock, you jerk. Wayne in Raleigh. Dear Jim, my beef is with my cat who likes to come into my office and stare at me. I've already fed her. And yet she still does this every day. I'm like, dude, what do you want? There is plenty to do that she doesn't need me for, such as taking a nap, looking out the window, and fantasizing about shredding a bird or a rabbit, licking her own ass. But the staring is getting creepy. Thanks, man. Mike in Madison. Shaggy Mac tweets, yo, tan smack. I got beef with the dude at the gas station who thinks that rush hour is the time to invest his life savings into scratch-offs and lotto draws. Yo, dude, there are 10 people behind you in line. Gamble at the casino like an adult, you bag. Yeah, no, I, we all hate that guy. I, I understand. We all want to win. Just be more timely about it. Patrick writes, Yimmy. My beef is with clones, not searching Twitter to see if another clone has already sent the same take. This one says, my beef is with you, Radio Man. The fact that you would drop everything to go have a beverage with the Mamba, but Bobby Plant asks you to come hang out and listen to tales of rock and roll debauchery, and you big league him to watch a midweek Oriole Blue Jay game. No! Patrick in Alabama, dude, there's not a day in my life that I don't beat myself up over that. Man, why do you got to pile on? You're right. You're right. 
It was one of the worst decisions of my life. I will always regret it. Hi, Jim. I have a beef with people who sit in front of me at church and have massive amounts of dandruff on their shoulders. I try to blow it off, but sometimes the dry chunks from their scalps don't budge, and I'm forced to look at it until communion. Sarah T., that is disgusting, Sarah. That is revolting, and that can't be true. That is gross. Strathman 71 tweets, I have a beef with sports talk shows that refuse to drop the double-jointed thumbs alarm at least twice per segment. Alvy? That is the double-jointed thumb alarm. It's a real thing. All right, that's once. How's that? Romeo Void. What's my beef? What's my beef? Come on, man. Sign Baker Mayfield. Mick in the 216. Baker's head has got to be spinning. Less than a year and a half ago, this guy was the guy. If there was a commercial on TV, he was in it. And now my man has like no place. I'm not even talking about QB1. I'm like talking about a job anywhere. It's wild. Hola, Jim. My beef is with the city of Cleveland. It is a trash city with trash teams and a delusional population that for some reason thinks that they are relevant. Newsflash losers. Nobody outside of Northeast Ohio cares about you. Enjoy your new alleged sex predator at QB. Scott in San Antonio. Non-weakling. Hey, Jim, my beef is with the losers who emphatically clap after seeing a movie in theaters. I'm sure the Hollywood millionaires on screen are so thankful for your sincere applause. Do you clap when the waitress gets your order right, too, or your Amazon delivery guy's on time? Man, just shut up and let us leave the theater quietly. Tim in Albany. I'm with that guy. I've never understood that. Clapping after a movie. Why don't you just get up and tell whoever you're with, like, thumbs up, thumbs down. Loved it, hated it. I agree. Can an essay. My beef is walking into a unisex bathroom and someone has just destroyed it. And you hold your breath so you can finish peeing. Then you walk out and a hot chick is waiting to walk in. And you want to tell her that was not me. I didn't do that. I just had to pee. Ken, why don't you grow the hell up? Come on, man. That's one of the... That's not only one of the worst beefs ever. It's the worst beef ever. Come on, dude. Don't, don't act like, quote, you want to tell the hot chick that was not me. I just went in there to pee. Hey, can we get bathroom humor out of this segment? Here we go. I like this. Again, I like the beef in response to an earlier beef. That I do like. Hey, Rome, my beef is with anti-laugh track guy. This guy has obviously never seen Mr. Roper 
mug to the camera, and laugh at his jokes along with the laugh track on Three's Company. Laugh tracks are fine. Get over it. Chad from Orlando. Here's another one. I like beefs and respond to beefs. This guy writes, my beef is with the beta dudes that whine when I take both armrests on my flight. That's weak, dude. Come on. Just use your armrest. You don't get them both. And his response will be, yeah, the plate. Who does the plate belong to? Whoever takes it. Right? Who does the plate belong to? Whoever takes it. The pitcher or the batter. Who do the armrests belong to? Whoever takes them. (laughs) And finally, Larry... My beef is with my boss who waits until the beef segment to come into my office to blabber on about nothing in particular. Come on, pops. Can't this BS wait until the commercial breaks? Hashtag, what's my beef? Let's go to the phones. Dom in Erie, PA. Dom, what's your beef? Hey, Jim. Uh, My beef is with the nerds in the band at the March Madness tournament. Why do these kids who don't know much about the sport get the best seats in the house while Sister Jean, who's handicapped, has to sit up in the rafters. You know, I'm surprised I haven't seen Brad and Corona in the band section yet. I heard he was California's skin flute champ in 97. Ah. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. There is no part of that that I'm going to respond to, for obvious reasons. Especially the band part. Damn near wrecked my career back in the day. Let's go to San Diego. Diane in San Diego. Diane, what's your beef? Hi, Jim. My beef is with my husband because every time you run somebody, he has to walk around the damn house saying, I don't like that call. That's not a very good call. I don't like that call. It's not a very good call. And it drives me crazy. I got you, Diane. It's jungle Tourette's. You know, we all have it. I don't really like the phrase jungle Tourette's, but what it refers to is when something happens, you immediately have a jungle-related response. That's what that is. It's a real thing. Even I do it. Let's try St. Louis. Todd in St. Louis. You made it in, Todd. What's your beef? We need a pill for jungle Tourette's, Jim. Here's my beef. People who say naked instead of naked. Also, HOF sports talk show hosts who say be a myth when the word is behemoth. Mother, father, get things right, people. Improve those cunning linguistics. Pull that finger back. I love a guy correcting people on word choice and then ending it with that and thinking it's going to be all right. Do we walk off on that terrible note? Good night now! 